we're ready. No dark roast today. No. Said about that. Gave you a good scare walking in today. Yeah, it was good. It's funny. I want to. Not, wanted not I hilarious, wanted, but kind of funny. Real quick, just t- tell people about this. So, um, one of the guys we have in here was saying because he listens to the podcast, and he says, "Man, it's so funny because when we're at PowerTech, like it's not like that at all." And then you watch <laughs> the podcast, and it's like so serious and all business. So one of these things we like to do, and it's evolved over the years, is we like to scare people. So hide behind the corner and pop out and jump out and whatever and we have a little bit of a different style like you like you like going for more of the loud not all the time though i like to go animal you go like yeah go, you go loud bananas i really like being quiet yeah i like doing the both little tiny ones both are very effective and we scare the shit out of people yeah, every it's day hilarious random it'll be like guys that work here but then like <laughs> clients <laughs> like, <laughs> remember two weeks ago <laughs> what am i seeing that was working his back was to me and he was yeah. talking to a customer and the customers, I guess my age, I don't, I can't tell how old people yeah. are. I guess he's around my age, and he, and I was walking up, going like, yeah. so the kids and the and the dad are looking at me like, okay. And Siegs didn't notice. I came up behind him and I scared him. And the dad looked at me like, "Are you okay?" But then he laughed. <laughs> you gotta laugh. It's oh, literally it's, hilarious. It's hilarious. So, anyways, mm-hmm. speaking of, but speaking of that, when you said the podcast, I was it was. Uh, 2016-ish, 15, 16, where a couple of people were suggesting that I do video stuff and just have a camera. This is for like people that don't really know us. Have a camera on me at all times because you're 100% right. What you see on the podcast is is my serious side or my coaching business, side. Yeah, coaching. Business side. <laughs> is that what you call it? Yeah, business. But so the other 99% of my life is a sh- <laughs> It's like you're in a hockey dressing all the time. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And it's not because of me. No. It's because of our environment. The environment, the people yeah. And it's because it. of it, me too. It is, <laughs> and, and, and it's mostly because yeah. of you. It's absolutely nuts. My wife at home, she's like, like you're crazy, man. Yeah. So Charlie, what, that's why he's half nuts. He's, yeah. he's, 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 it's crazy. So when, when they were suggesting the podcast, I have a thing on you all the time. And I was like, the thing is, is I have a choice. When I decided to do this, because I wanted to transition my hockey experiences into um, for the good. So if I did jackass Andy, mm-hmm. then it would be funny, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't make my family proud. No. Well, it wouldn't be what do I want to represent myself as. Yeah, it it right. takes away your professionalism, even yeah. whatever. Well, t- there's a, it's the time, it's the time and a place situation, right? Like there's yeah. a time when you're, you want people to actually take you serious and, and yeah. Yeah. all of that. So you want yeah. to make sure that but you're. But I am serious. No, I know. Except when you're not. <laughs> yeah. Which except for when mostly. I'm Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I am serious. You have to be serious to to do it. So that was that was the thing. So I had to make that decision, and I decided that I wanted to uh, do it for the benefit of hockey. I didn't want to be like a uh, jackass hockey show where anybody can. There's enough of that. Do well, there's enough, there's enough of, of it, that. and it's like, what's the value? You know, I wanted to bring something to kids and coaches and parents that that actually can benefit them, not just you know laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, anyways, that's that. Well, yeah, not to get all not to get all deep either, but there's no, a lot of deep. there's <laughs> there's a lot of uh, like the mindless entertainment stuff. Yeah. But kid, especially kids when they're trying to figure out their way through being a kid and being a teenager and whatever, they're always looking for help, like good resources, ways to make themselves better or do better at whatever the thing is that they're trying to accomplish. And I find that when you're working with kids, they all want that. Every single kid wants that, and mm-hmm. there's not a lot of resources, especially in the space of athletics. There isn't a lot of stuff like that. Like you talk about like the 
the more like nerdy stuff for lack of a better word where like read your books and study do your homework and those kinds of things but athletes don't really relate to that kind of messaging so i feel yeah. like it's a good it's a good kind of in between where we're, we're talking about it through the lens of the sport but we get to relay some of those actual like good concepts to help them like actually develop as a, as a person and be a better hockey player be a better person and and feel better about themselves and go through the go through their life actually tr- doing something productive not just mindless shit that you can watch off of you know you know i haven't said that it's very very funny because it's going to go with some of the questions we have today from the some some from some that's not a sentence from some (laughs) of our viewers yeah is people are really really are looking for that though you know what i mean they're looking for like i I get surprised sometimes Mm -hmm. and i guess i really shouldn't be like there is a burning desire for people you know, like when you remove all the fluff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 let's go hockey player, right? So you're a hockey player, and there has to be a persona of a fairly rough and tough. Not, not, not 1980s tough, or you know, Dave the Hammer Schultz tough kind of persona. But there's a there's a bravado and a thing where you know it's it's old school. It's uh, you're around with the guys, and you're you know you never want to show weakness, and that's I understand that'd be like a Navy SEAL, right? You don't yep. walk around talking about your feelings all day, yep. but <clears throat> and and maybe you're weird for stepping out a little bit and saying I, I want to learn how to get better. Like I don't know, it's a crazy statement to say. Mm-hmm. And then once in a while, when someone comes along and they actually touch you in a in a in a in a, in a way that makes you feel okay, uh, I can I can listen to this. I can learn from this. I can get motivated. Okay, I'm I'm no different than anybody else. Whatever, all these different things. It's actually good. So surprisingly or not. Um, well, over the years of, you know, just talking to guys, like it's saying the things at the right time or being an example at the right time went a long way. I remember Dalton was in uh, Calgary when he was playing for Calgary. So he got traded from New Jersey to Calgary. And uh, I was checking in on, hey, how's it going, bud? And, and I knew he, I knew it wasn't going well. Like, I usually don't touch base with the guys when things are going well, except for something, you know, ridiculous. I'll, you know, I'll give them a high five or something because it's yeah. their season. It's they're in their season. That's what they have to worry about. Yeah. So Dalton was in Calgary, and it was like he had a, r- a rougher time in uh, New Jersey. I traded to Calgary, and uh, he was playing in and out of the lineup, and it was just a stretch where it was just hard. And I knew it. So the thing is, is that you're usually, you know, your good friends are there when things are shit, not when they're good. And I, I uh, called him out, and he goes, Andy, I just I don't even know if I – it's hard right now. He goes, I don't even know if I belong in the NHL anymore. And I just said the things that I, you know, you know, with the truth, just say that you know, they signed you to a contract. They want you to be there. You're playing a role. Believe in yourself. You, of course, you deserve to be in the NHL. And we went over a few things, and he said, and it kind of just said, "Yeah, you're right." But he just needed someone to say that. Yep. So it's not like it was genius or anything. But no. so anything with the podcast, I'm so I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised how many people like you said. The one person that reached out today was a former player, and I would never have expected him to be listening to this podcast. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean. You know what right. I mean. Yep. yep. And it's like he's listening for a reason because I know you can apply a lot of these principles to life, and and it, maybe it's. Uh, just good for him or whatever it's good material for him and uh i think sometimes it surprised me who listens to it yeah but and then again it doesn't surprise me at all because i know people are dying everybody has this thing on their forehead even though no one sees it that says make me feel important give a shit about me right not the general stuff and that's why i think this resonates with some people yeah and it's so it's, so, it's amazing that it, that's missing like it's so easy to to you don't need to give people much that's what i find mm-hmm 
in terms of like give them like some responsibility or some onus or make them believe they can actually do something. Yeah. It doesn't take much. Like you give kids yeah. a little bit of that yeah. and they then they start to yeah. go to it because yeah. they feel like their life gets better or their yeah. situation, their sport, their performance, whatever it is, it gets better. Yeah. And I've like with messages, we, we get DMs, comments a ton, but DMs especially are starting to pick up now of like kids in some random place in the United States or some random place wherever in Canada, across the, the West, country, yeah. whatever, whatever, had a guy from a guy from Russia yeah. want to use some stuff for coaching situation, yeah. and it's like, especially with the young people that that are messaging us, like they're reaching out and asking like genuine questions about what they can do, and I know that kid, I know that type of kid, like they're the kid that they're on their high elite level team as a 14, 15, 16, 17 year old, and they're they're Joe cool guy for sure. Because yeah. that's how you are when you're in junior. Everyone's yeah. trying to be cool. Everyone's trying yeah. to fit in. And this kid comes in messages and they're confiding in us to try to help them yeah. with their life. And they feel comfortable enough to do that, yeah. to reach out. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's a cool thing. It's, it's, yeah. it's a pretty awesome. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, so I wanted to bring something up. Um, I want to talk about my Guelph Storm for a little bit. Yeah. Love these Let guys, man. Love yeah. these guys. So first of all, have you ever been a fan before of any sport? Do you ever cheer for someone? Cheer for someone or cheer for a team? Uh, it depends what you mean, but yeah, I would so say tell probably, me probably. well, like, tell so, so when I was a younger, yeah. it would, I would watch sports or watch a team and be like, wow, I want them to win. Like I actually had a desire for my team to win or like a certain player. I want them to do well. Yeah. Okay. And then as I got older, like probably when I started playing junior, I started to not really care. Right. I was like a fan of the game. Like I liked watching hockey or I liked being a part and a lot of sports actually. I just, I'm interested in sports, but I didn't actually care about the outcome necessarily. It would be like, well, I'd prefer for them to win, but if they don't win, I'm not lighting a fire downtown or anything, right? <laughs> so, like, it was kind of like that. So, I don't know if that's kind of what you mean or... Yeah, well, okay, because I have a, purpose, a point right. to this, okay? Yeah. So, I was never, ever a fan, except, let's just say, when Wayne Gretzky and the Edmonton Oilers were great, I loved watching them play. Yeah. So, maybe at my 8, 9, 10, 11, I kind of liked them. Mm-hmm. And I like to watch Gretzky and Messi and all those guys. So I would say, let's say that was the only point in my life that I yeah, was a similar. fan. Yeah, similar. Fan. Young. Not even a fan. Yeah. But, um, and then the other time I was a, maybe, not even, I can't even say a fan, but when I was, um, I liked the uh, Kansas City Chiefs back in. Uh, oh, cool. When I was a, like a teenager. Really? Yeah, man. I liked them because, uh, like, I, and I wasn't a big football fan, but I, or a huge football fan. I'd watch some here and there, but I like the Kansas City Chiefs because I really like their running backs. I, uh, uh, the Nigerian Nightmare, Christian Okoye, just a big 245 pound. He was actually a track star from Nigeria that uh, came to uh, um, whatever, had a scholarship somewhere, and then they put him at running, but never played cool. a game of football in his life. And he would just barrel through people. Cool barrel through him just a huge man then they had another uh, running back named barry word so we, and then joe montana became the quarterback on that team and they were just they were great but they never won so sundays i would be like i'd wanted the chiefs to win a bit or maybe i just enjoyed their team yeah, and yeah. watching the so similar backs. kind of thing that was yeah, the extent yeah. of ever being a fan mm-hmm. and for the life of me i could never ever ever understand to this day someone actually getting emotionally involved or wearing a jersey of, of a, a team or a player. I, I don't so understand. Like that it. level of pride when you're disconnected from the team kind of thing? Right. Yeah. If the Toronto Maple Leafs, if someone says, I'm a, I'm a Leafs fan, I'm a Red Wings fan, Chicago, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan, 
I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. It makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. So, to change gears though, being a fan really changes your the, the, your game watching experience. So who's I'm a fan now of my Guelph Storm. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Obviously, there's one reason why yeah. I love the Guelph Storm. <laughs> yeah. and his name is Charlie Paquette. Yeah. Number twenty three, right? The yeah. little fifteen year old meathead. But um interesting, man, because now like watching an OHL game, I used to watch because I used to train teams, right? The spits, Sarnia and all this shit stuff. Right? Yeah. And all all the players. So when I'd go to an OHL game or an NHL game, when you watch your players play, you're watching them, not necessarily the team. I want them to do well, right? So um so this year watching the the, the storm, I'm watching my son first, right? Let's be honest here. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not yeah, that proud to say that I'm not a great dad uh, like I'm too good to be a dad. Yeah. I'm a dad, man. Yeah. And I go there and I want my I watch so differently now. I watch my son like he gets on the ice. I don't see anybody else. I'm like, yeah, you're eh, staring at him. Super fan. I, <laughs> oh, he should have did that. Like, and it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, to, to I do my best, but I, at the end of the day, I want to make sure he finishes his hits. He makes the plays, gets a puck out, and all that stuff. Yep. And uh, my ass puckers right up when he plays. Yep. It's the weirdest thing. I've I know. I, I watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Like I get right into. It. Well, I tell you, every time I'm I'm around you, and even when we're talking about it, yeah. like we'll be talking about it, and then you'll get on a tear, like you can feel the passion start to come out of you, and I'll just yeah. I'll just start like laughing, just yeah. be like, oh, it's proud dad. I love my I, yeah, yeah, I love it, I love yeah. it, but I love his team. Yeah. So I'm watching this, I'm watching this uh, this team play, and I'm so impressed um, because they are the youngest team in the OHL right now. If you take if you take the exact roster they have now, even a couple guys that are kind of up and down with the team. The, the oldest guys, everything, can have the exact same roster moving into next year. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone's still eligible next Everyone's year. Everyone's eligible next year, so they're young. Yeah. And they don't have, like, Charlie plays a, a, a fairly rough and tough game, but I'm not going to sit here and say, like, he's going around the OHL intimidating people right, right now, but he's he has a little bit of a presence, and, you know, he it's does, what he, does yeah. what he needs to do. Yeah. Uh, Profaka, a good D, big... Yeah. Big, uh, I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah he's good. He's, he's he's good and physical. And Cam Allen is very physical, especially for a first year guy, yeah. and so, so skilled. Um, so I, I watch this team, and I just like I actually want them to win. Whether my son's having a great game or not, I want them to win because like and my son tells me all about the boys, right? So it's a it's a beautiful team. So uh, last night they played uh, London, and I was you know these the Tuesdays and. Wednesdays and tough night, games yeah. that they play. Right now, I'm on the ice, so I get <laughs> I get to watch a almost a full period, and then I get to go on the ice. I come back and I usually catch the third period or close to it. And then I went home last night and watched the second on my own. Um, what was what was my point to that? Oh yeah, I just I can't stand it. So they played in London last night, and I'm winning uh, in overtime, and uh, they played great. So my son was really fired up about going to London because a uh, couple reasons, but one of them was that he knows that it's going to be pretty much full. So I guess there was just under, I guess around 8,000 people last night. My wife and some of the family went up to the game and um, they said it was, it was nuts. Awesome. So, you know, so a 15 year old kid, you can imagine. And, and all these first year guys and that have, uh, that means the first time coming to ranks, right? Mm-hmm. And they go into the London Budweiser gardens and there's 8,000 people there. And it's like, it's a different experience, right? Oh, yeah. It's like one of those things your senses have to get used to. It's like, okay, wow. So that was pretty cool. Anyways, they won an overtime last night, and I was just really proud of them. And I, I just wanted to say, like, being young, uh, I'm so impressed because, like I said, they don't necessarily have, like, that guy that can give you that, you know, that one or two guys that can give you the snarl on the ice and, like, settle the game down. 
You know, yep. they got just hardworking dudes. And the beautiful thing about this team, it's by committee. Like, so for example, they have, I'm, I've got, I don't have notes. I just have something. here. So, and I'm, I, so oh, this is the other beautiful thing. I love it because uh, Charlie was saying a lot of these guys watch our podcast. So I, and that's why I'm, I'm saying hi to them kind of in, in a sense. And uh, Millette, uh, wanted me to give a shout out. So you're getting yours in a second there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you got Pasta Job and Zilkin. Uh, so Pasta's leading the league in scoring. Came from the U.S. program. Awesome player. Just so smart, so good. Awesome. Uh, plays with Zilkin. That's going to be probably a high pick in the NHL this year. You know, real crafty guy. And then they got uh, Sikic on the wing. That's a, you know, a long, lanky guy. Uh, not a huge point getter, but he's always contributing sticks on puck and stuff like that, and 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 just awesome. So then it goes down. Yeah. So Pappas, uh, Walker, and McFarland, like just Pappas, speed, uh, Walker, good defensive guy, kills penalty, wins a lot of faceoffs, and then you got McFarland, you know, smaller guy. I like that, that guy. I know you do. He's I like, like an energy guy, guy that cracks people uh, all over the ice. That good bar checker, back checker, penalty nice. killer. Nice he, to watch. He yeah. is nice to watch. Yeah. I know, and he's like five eight. Oh yeah, I think, Irish guy. Yeah, little Irish Forget guy. Him. Yeah, little freckle face yeah. redhead. <laughs> uh, then you got this really young group of guys. After that, you got uh, Potras and Carabella and Bonesy. They just put pucks in the net, and they're just showing up and they're just grinding and they go at it. They never, they never, just never quit. It's it's great. And then you got these young guys, uh, and then you got okay. So Jake Millette. This is what I like about him, is <clears throat> they call him Mailer. Okay. What I like about him is like, and, and a lot of the reason I went through a lot of the names is because it's great because during games and stuff like that, you know, you got to kind of have lines. Well, this team, because they're so young and, and, and stuff and they need to things have things happen. You see like a guy like Jake Millette who go up and down the lineup, uh, center wing, yeah. penalty kill, does a great job defensively, skates hard. He's always on pucks and stuff like that, but you can put him anywhere in the lineup and he's kind of like uh, not a huge points guy. Sorry, Mailer. Yeah. Like, but not yet, anyways. But he's all over the ice. Just plays every role. He does his job. Like it's 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 beautiful to watch. And then you got these young guys, Zook and Charlie and McGuire and Coglin, and they're all kind of like skilled and and kind of rough and tough. And like in a couple years, they're going to be like yeah, yeah. really really good. And then on their back end, like Cheka, sick, so good. six foot three four. He's just so good. Like I don't know. Maybe he's made a bad pass this year. I don't know. But he's like he's so calm and just he's so good. Yeah. Charlie's got some funny stories about yeah. him. Profaka said he's kind of rough. But these two kids here, Bushinger, I forget how to say it, and Cam Allen, unreal. Yeah. For D. Yeah. Uh, they're they're old four, so they're like uh, or Cam's an 05. but they're uh, you'd think that they're playing the league for three years. They got like a, a roughness to them, and they're so calm, make plays like like just phenomenal. Cam's gonna be unreal. Bushy's going to be unreal. Then you got uh, Harper and Hafferbricker and McRae. And they're just like awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome to watch. And then they're goaltending. They got two goalies. So what's amazing about this team is they're going to be in, they could literally have this team. Literally, I don't want to use that word anymore. Yeah. They could have this team together for the next at least one more year, like the exact same team. Yeah. And then if you start well, filling the And blanks, then they'll have the core for oh another two, what three a, years. What right? a core, man. What yeah. a core. So like these guys like, like, uh, like Jacob again, Millette and Walker, I think he's. I think he'll stick around one more year, maybe Pop, Papas too. These guys are going to be the older guys, but they're 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 such good leaders now because they mm-hmm. they have this team first thing, and I don't know if that's what their brain says, but they play team first game, and it's just so nice to see they can go up and down the lineup and they just do the job that needs to be done and they just work their ass off. Yeah. Now they've done very well so far this year as a young team. Who knows what changes? 
I was talking to Charlie the other night at uh, after one of the games, and I said like, because they they played some good teams and they've come out on top, and they or they really really compete. Yeah, you know, they have a shitter every now and then. Yeah. But uh, I said, what is it, bud? Like, like, is it your team? Like, what makes you good? He goes, Dad, we just work hard. And then he goes, it's George. He goes, Dad, he's so got such a good coach. And like, for a young guy, okay, for a young guy to say that his coach is awesome, and his coaching staff is awesome, when he's on the short end of the stick when it comes to, you know, when you're 15, 16, sure. things are not going your way. Yeah. So he's happier than a pig and shit. Loves. The whole team, like the coach, he goes, the coaches are, are unreal. Yeah. So it's like so nice to see. And these guys are going to be one hell of a team. Yeah. And it, they already are. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to watch this thing progress over the next two, three years. Yeah. Well, you see. So a, good, man. A guy like, so for a guy like, uh, well, especially for the rookie group. So the O5s that are in there now. Yeah. Like you're saying, for them to say that about their coach when they're not getting ice. It's yeah. like, that's that's how you get the buy-in, right? That's yeah. how That's how you can tell. Yeah. They have a little bit of that team first kind of yeah. mentality. And what's yeah. so awesome when you watch that team, outside of probably Pastajov and uh, and Zilkin, outside of those two guys who are usually like the heavy horses in terms of getting points, they get contributions from everyone, yeah. right? Like yeah. up and down the lineup. Like So yeah. you have between like power play five on five stuff, like Bowman is third line winger and yeah. he's, what has he got? Seven, eight goals? Seven, eight already? goals and... Right? And he's hurt right now, but yeah. he's like hot start, and they're right through the lineup. They're they're getting contributions yeah. from everybody, and that the like you said, the only element that they don't they don't have a ton of like from when I watch them is that like super get into the rough stuff kind of game. Yeah, they got a couple guys that do that, but yeah. but that's something that can come like as they yeah. get more seasoned, and like nobody's yeah. played hockey for two years, so it's, yeah, 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 that's yeah. another consideration, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's and it's a fun team to watch, man, because they got oh, yeah, they got it. some skill that makes some good plays, and and uh, it. it's really super super enjoyable watching those guys yeah. play. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we'll be watching. That's for sure. So yeah. good luck, go Storm. Yeah, go Storm. Go, go Storm. Man. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So uh, anything else on that? Do you want me to segue? Yeah, no, we're, I'm done with so, that. I just I, I'm really proud of these guys, even though they don't even know me. They, you know, a couple of them know how to say hi to me. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. But um, real proud of these guys. Cool. Well, today we're gonna do something a little bit different. So. Um, You've you've said this before, but with the with the social media, we're starting to get like a lot of uh, a lot more, maybe not a lot, but a lot more yeah, engagement lot. on uh, a lot of the videos. And it's funny because I toss over some comments to you here and there about you know what people are saying and and all that. And it's funny we have some laughs about some of them, or we, and then we'll actually discuss some of them and like yeah. some of them are, are good. So we're gonna take today and just I picked out went through some of our videos uh, off of TikTok and took a bunch of comments from uh, people asking because I want to get like like some and some of the stuff is just like stupid and funny and like whatever because pe not a lot of people know what they're talking about but yeah. there's a lot of common either like misconceptions misunderstandings um, wrong thoughts just generally um, that are in the hockey space from people that maybe don't have as much experience so for a lot of these things it'll be nice just to kind of address some of the common I went through and I've tried to pick ones that are kind of a common theme yeah from the videos that we're talking yeah. about so i'll try to give a little bit of background on what the video is just so you guys have some context and then i'll lead into the comments um i'm, I'm gonna try when i actually edit this one i'm gonna try to put the actual comment up so you guys can see it or even the video clip if i can figure that out but hey, oh. that's that might be a project it might be up next year so i know so i'm gonna start off uh i'm gonna start off from here so first comment unless you have any other thoughts before i get into it here no, go ahead man let's go let's get at her okay how do i build my son's confidence he goes, I, I, I'm struggling with it right now. I said, so I'm going to assume 
only assume that he's not the top guy on your team. Was right. And you're trying to find things just to keep him pumped up or to make him feel better. He goes, yeah, as you alluded to, most people go to the positive. And I said this exact story to him. I said, the, the first thing you don't want to do is come up with bullshit. Kid comes off the ice, he knows exactly how he played. If he's not confident, you as a dad or a mom or friends or Grammys or whatever, saying you played so good, you worked so hard, they don't want to hear it because it's bullshit. Nor does the opposite be a negative saying the things that, that you should be. That doesn't help them. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. I need a strategy. And I said, with the strategy, you're going to give them confidence. I said, you got to give them basic, foundational, simple, simplicity. So he's a D. What's something that we can work on? I gave him three things. I said, now we talk to him and just say, you know what? If you do these three things, just work on these three things. Now, he, when he's on the ice, he's got two, three things that he is working on that he's focused on. This this boy gets the puck and he sees a winger or centerman and he puts it on the tape. That's a success. And that success needs to be celebrated. Some people are going to say, yeah, but need to score goals. No, goals are not the important thing. They're going to come or they're not. Who really? cares? But there's a success. So he's got one success. He did it once that game. He comes off the ice and he, you know, maybe his head's down or he's not sure. Or if you bring that up and say, son, the second period, that was, you could tell you, you could tell you've practiced or you're thinking about it. There's nothing wrong with that. That helps that kid. Will he want to do it again? Got recognized for doing something well and don't minimize it. It's huge. So you build on that kind of stuff. So first one, this was a video we did recently. Um, it was about kids that are playing AAA hockey and how to build their confidence. So context for the video, if I can't figure out how to post it, is you were talking about uh, one of the one of the dads that we had coming here, and he asked you a question about uh, building his kid's confidence, and you kind of gave yeah. him three things, yeah. the three thing idea, which you're you're big on for people that have listened before. And uh, so one of the comments that somebody somebody wrote, um, this was it. So with that context. Uh, Take him out of AAA and let him go be a stud in AA hockey. The confidence will come, then throw him back in AAA if he belongs. So this was, this was a comment that somebody put on that video. And we're talking about young kids playing AAA, how to, how to be confident. And so yep. that's, that's, kind of the, um, that's kind of the context yep. for you if you want to throw your thoughts on that. Yeah, so, so the, uh, the, the person asked um, you know, how to build his confidence on the ice, and I qualified it by saying it's on the ice, not off the ice yes so again this this boy is probably not the top end guy on the team so his dad's asking for solutions mm -hmm. so it's easy to say well just go to play double a well the kid the kid in the family he's good enough to play triple a and i get like so first of all to that argument that the, the person said I, i'll use my own son as example because it's the best example i can give mm -hmm. it's not about me talking about my kid so when charlie was coming up through the uh, ranks at, at the peewee level, I decided, because I wanted to keep him out of AAA for as long as I could. Because I, hockey player is a hockey player, in my opinion. Oh, so go more into that, though. Why? Like, why was that your philosophy, keep him out of my AAA? My philosophy on that was because I had no, like, yes, he was a pretty good little hockey player, like mm -hmm. a young guy. Yes, he loved hockey, and yes, he did all the practice. He did all the right things. But yes, also, he was only, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So... Uh, that was one. Um, I didn't know, like, I didn't see the benefit, like, so for the confidence thing. So I wanted him to play at, with his friends, having fun, eliminating all the, like, the huge expense, eliminating traveling all over the place, eliminating getting too serious. And uh, because I didn't know if he was a hockey player yet. He did all the right things when he was young, yeah. but I didn't know. Like, kid. I've been yeah. around this for all my life. Yep. So I wanted to hold back and, and be with his friends for a while. It was fun. It was and I also know that as parents, 
that your your smaller community. So ours was Essex. No one even knows where that is. It's mm-hmm. outside of Windsor. Um, the little Essex team that we had, where they went to school together, and the parents. A lot of people were friends. So when you go to games, it was like you'd hang out together a, a little bit. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. social thing, and it was just a nice time. Mm-hmm. It was just nice. Yeah. It was. It is what hockey's supposed to be. Yeah. And I really wish, in general, hockey would go back, but it won't go back to your small centers and just play. And and because here's why: because I truly believe if more people just played in their small centers, what would happen is your stars would be stars. You'd have more kids playing at a travel level. So who knows what happens to the mediocre guys, right? And uh, yeah, so your mediocre guys get better and you can kind of make each other better, I mm. think. Yep. I think. Yep. What happens is the 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 top guys try to go to the AAA level and then they either blend in and like, okay, so let's say you go in Adam or Pee Wee and you're not the top guy and you're, you know, you're a third line guy. Um, you're... I don't like to say confidence, but are you confident? Do you play with confidence? Whereas if you played, you know, in a in a smaller center, just playing against your, you know, it's not AAA, oh well, uh, but you're still playing hockey and you can have confidence. You have to probably have the puck a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, you're, do, you're doing a lot of things that are benefiting your hockey in the long term. Yeah. So um, well, the original question was? Yeah, I was going to say, so just to, to hop in now. So he, this guy's point was he's in AAA already. So he was saying take him out of AAA to go to AA let him gain some confidence, and then come back to AAA if he actually belongs in AAA. So that was his specific yeah. comment. Okay, so the kid does belong in AAA right now. And uh, and, and if I was dad, if, okay, so if I was dad and my son wasn't a top-tier AAA player, I would do that. I I, I would do that. Okay. I, I'd take that advice and I would say, yeah, you're right. Personally, I would do that. I got, can I push back on that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I remember because this was – so I have a personal example because for me, I started playing AAA – Right from like select seven. So I was select yeah. seven and then I was triple A every year. Yeah. One year, I was maybe 11. So probably around the same age as the guy, the kid that was asking. And I was on the bubble. Yeah. For after tryouts. And I was definitely one of the better players, but mm-hmm. I didn't just didn't have a good tryout or whatever. And so I was starting to get asked by the double A coach seeing as I was a kid on the bubble and he said, Oh, like, come down. We'll make you the captain of the team. You'll play all the time, whatever. And he was talking to my dad about that. And then my dad, I remember, I vividly remember we had the discussion in the car, like going home after the one, uh, tryout. And I was all like down in the dumps, whatever. Cause I was all, didn't have a good camp and I'm on the bubble. I'm like, how am I not signed yet? I've played every year and all this kind of stuff. And to me, in, from my perspective, if I would have went down to double a, I think that would have been worse because now that feels like a loss, right? Because I was AAA, and now you're taking me out and going no, to AA. I, I get that. And, and I don't know how, and it might have been better, but I don't know how I would have bounced back for that. But the idea as a kid of me being like demoted to AA, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that would have started like a spiral down where like I just don't care that much about hockey anymore because now I'm in AA. Yeah, you don't right? know. Yeah, you so don't know. That was that's but just a my, little push. My back. perspective on that is that if you're if you're a dad making a decision to take him there, you should know. You have a pretty good clue when you go to tryouts if you have half a half a melon on you, mm-hmm. right? You have a pretty good clue. Okay, no, he stands out. He's yeah. be good. This would be good for yeah. him. If he just blends in, I actually wouldn't necessarily take him early. I'm not saying that that's what you do or that's what you don't do. That's my own personal opinion. Well, what do you so, think about that specific point of take him out of AAA? So he was there, well, okay, and so, now you're taking it away. Well, right? in, so context, that's different. in context of the video, though, that, yeah. that he's responding to, we came up with a solution, mm-hmm. not 
well, let's just put pluck you. Right. Right? Yeah. So this is, there's learning experiences, anything you do. So we could easily say, yeah, son, we're going to take you out. I don't think that's a good thing to do to take your kid midseason and go, okay, you go play with guys that are good. And I don't even know if you can. Hmm. Maybe you probably could. But for me, it's like coming up with solutions. So the the, the point of that que- the his the, the video that he listened to was like, someone said, how do I give them confidence in the, because um, he wasn't the, one of the best on the team. Well, the, you could sit there and say, well, you're not good enough here. Let's pluck you and go back and play double A. That's, I don't know if that's the best solution. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's building confidence in your game. I right. think you might be yeah, yeah. basically hitting him overhead with a shovel. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. You know what I mean? Because um, dad doesn't think you're good enough. Now, dad comes across and says, Okay, son. Here's here's what I think you can do to to even gain more confidence. You say it in the right way, and you give him three things to work on, and he does. I think that's a better solution. Right. Next year, when the season starts, if if the season, if you just if he's not at the level that he should be to play at the AAA yeah. level, then I think that's appropriate to say. You know what, son? I think we should go back. And you don't you don't say because you're shit. Yeah. You say because I think you're going to be better off getting more puck touches, and you know. You know, right. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I would say, yeah. So, context of the question. Yeah, try to. You want to try to solve the problem first before you make like some drastic, yeah, kind so, of move so, or decision. And that was right? the, that was the point of that video. Is like a person asked me a question. Yeah. How do I solve this? And I, I probably would have hurt the dad's feelings when I said, "Well, just take him out of AAA." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, bit. you're a, you're a great coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right? right. So I just tried to put, provide a solution there. Yep. Okay, next one. So th- this one was uh, this was interesting. Uh, this was actually from a parent. So the video um, we were talking about NHL training camps and like how good you have to be to make the NHL. Remember one of the guys we had in here went to uh, Canucks camp and he was saying that we're sitting in the room. One of the guys in ownership or in upper management, whatever, comes in and he says, "Okay, guys, two percent of you are gonna move on to like the next to, to main camp or whatever. We have all the best guys here. Two percent of you are gonna make it." So that means there was like two guys. Or whatever that mm-hmm. they're picking out of this group mm-hmm. and one of them was uh that peterson kid that yeah. plays on vancouver yeah. now so yeah. really one because that yeah. kid was already on <laughs> and these are all the top of the top of the top of the top and they're not even they're not good enough to make it they won't make it talking about how hard it is to make and i said so there's a guy that just signed an nhl contract they sent him back sent him back to junior so i've watched three four games this guy controls the game he's not the best player but he's got a presence so he's tough dirty he has a look he can skate he can move the puck he can shoot the puck hard he's not in the nhl and he's probably about 12 deep in that NHL lineup yeah. for his position. How good do you have to be if oh, you can yeah. control an OHL game? Yeah. Uh, so this parent commented, and she said, in response to that video, and parents spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their kid there for what? So get their kid there, meaning to the NHL for what? With the little I don't know emoji at the end. So this was... A, this was an interesting one. So I had a little bit of a back and forth with this with this parent because the perspective that I have on this is, um, well, we'll get into it. So I'll throw that to you on that. Well, I have uh, have a student that I played with. His dad, I, not a student that I played. I had a student who played in the OHL. He was pretty good. Peaked early. Okay, he peaked at about fourteen years old. Mustache, big kid, scoring a bunch of goals, and every year just dropped. And he was. Okay, not bad skater. Played in the OHL for a year and a half, and then it was done. So his dad used to come out, and I didn't I didn't read it because this is like 15, 16 years ago. His dad was, I've had a couple of these stories, actually. His dad was paying me to train him 
thinking that he was getting to the NHL. I didn't know that. I, that makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. I would say you pay someone to increase their chances or to make them, if you see potential, yeah, you know. If they want to. If they want to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the kid worked hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was a hard worker for sure. Well, to this day, the dad still tells him how all the money I spent on you, look where it got you. It's it's what a message. I don't understand a dad. Like, I see potential in my son, okay? But I wouldn't, I don't do things so that he makes the NHL because I, that's up. That's on him. I don't have any expectations of him to. I know he works hard and it's his goal. I will help him, guide him in as many ways as I can to 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 be a good dad. But I'm not his coach now, so. But if you're, if you're looking at spending, tens of thousands of dollars to get to the NHL, then you have no idea how hard it is. The the, the point of sports is to keep your kids active. To keep them in a good crowd, um, community, keep them in, in between the lines, teach them life lessons, all those kinds of things. That's what sports is. To sit there and say that, what a waste of time because you didn't play in the NHL or get a scholarship. You have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Yeah. Like, it's very, very sad. Like, yeah, it's just so, it's just so hard to make. Like, people don't understand, man. Yeah. I just really don't understand how hard it is, but it's not, that's not, and I, I hope that, I hope the comment that the lady made was more, if you look back at it, would you have spent all that money? I, I can see that. Like if, if, a, if someone goes back and said, you know what, we spent tens of thousands of dollars or whatever it is and the best stuff for our son and for what? Like that was kind of ridiculous. They could have maybe played in their communities or whatever. Right. I, I can handle that one a little bit better. I think, and that's what I was going to say, like in defense, maybe that's what she's saying. Like, what's yeah. the point of paying for the best of the best yeah. when you can get all the benefit yeah. playing at for yeah. something that's not as expensive? But yeah. I have a rebuttal to that too, though, because yeah. I was going to say like, there's also something to be said for like facilitating your kid to like chase the dream I know. kind of idea, I right? Know. So if you if you always are saying to your kid, well, yeah, play hockey because you'll learn some life lessons and it's fun and you'll get to hang out with your friends and whatever. There isn't that element of like teaching like the ambition and the excellence and the chase the dream because that, I think that is what, that's the most important life lesson that you get out of playing sports is giving it your absolute best to the best of your ability, giving yourself the best chance for success. Yeah. Like that's, that's the biggest thing that I learned from playing hockey. Yeah, work reward. Exactly. Work reward. You work, you get this. You do this, you do this. I mean, we did. I talked to you about that with Charlie. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to get him for, for as a kid to understand. I'd always try to teach him how to think about things and how to how to be mentally tough and stuff. And you know, what's a 12, 13, 14 year old going to get out of that? But yeah. it was a message get, being sent. But I was able to show him in the gym that results don't come by doing it once. Results don't come by doing it twice. Mm-hmm. Result results come by sticking to it, and then all of a sudden you're a little bit stronger. You're a little, you know, you went from 25 pounds to 40, 35 pounds, mm-hmm. squatting with a bar to 25 on each side, and you get, you know, you start seeing progress. Yeah, and that's the point of sports to me yeah. is to see that what you put into it is what you get out of it, and sometimes it's not easy and it's not fair and all these things. This is just life one on one. 
Well, there's something about that ultra competitive environment as well. Like just so in, many in, things in the in the you know defense that maybe she her point was that you don't you could play double A and not triple A or whatever. And it's yeah. like, the, but there's something about playing against the best, like competing against the best, trying to succeed against the best. Like it's different than doing it casually. Yeah. If you win the double A championship, it wasn't as hard to win as the triple A championship because yeah. you're not playing against the best competition. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so there's something about that that's valuable yeah. too. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting statement because you could, uh, you know, if you, I've seen a lot of parents put their kids in there because it's a pride thing for them, yeah. you know, they want their kids to make it and the kids like could could really care less, and if you're doing it that way, then that's on you. But I mean, it's hard because it's money, right? It's money and time for parents, and it's a lot. And if uh, but if a kid really wants it, and you could sit down and say, okay, so we're gonna, you, you, if you make this team, you're gonna have to work hard. There's a principle. Uh, number two is uh, you got to give us your best because we're putting time and energy. We, to, we said it to Charlie before. Yeah. Right? You know, I, I, I'll never be upset with you for not being good, like excellent at hockey, but I'll be a little bent out of shape if you're not if your effort's less than as best as it can be. Yep. So I want things to be done to the best of your ability, and that's inclu- including getting to bed and eating like relatively well for a, for a kid and you know, doing things that are going to help you, right? Now you want to see progress. So if you're interested, I'm interested. Yeah. And you know what? It wasn't, there's was times when my business was having a hard time years ago uh, when I went for, uh, you know, tough times there where it wouldn't have been in my best interest to travel around Ontario, tra- taking them all over the place and buying them in expensive hockey sticks. But, you know, he, he was willing to do the work and you know what? I, right or wrong, I don't know. I, 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 I was there with him. My wife and I. Yeah, well, I think that's the moral of the story on that one is, and that's why I picked that comment out, is like, make sure that your motivation as parents, as mom and dad, make sure that you're doing things for the right reasons. It's not, you're not doing it so that they become a star. Well, like, my, my nephew, right? He wanted to play AAA and is, is you know, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law are like, all right. And, and they were really questioning and they asked me about it. I'm like, I don't think he needs to right now. You don't even know if he's good yet. You think he is, blah, 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 blah. So it came down to it, and then and they decided, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do. He's gonna play AAA, like, or he's gonna try out for AAA. That's what we're gonna do. You know what the reason he wanted to play AAA was? This isn't a bad thing. This is a kid thing. You ready? Because AAA play, stays in hotels and they go on trips. So mom and dad saw that, and they're like, "Oh, uh, you can do that with your with Essex." I can't. Changes the thing. So yeah. so. There yeah, you go. Right. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. Next one. So this one, this was a fun one. Yeah, a guy like Sidney Crosby was so freaking good. A few years ago, he decided that he needed to get better on face-off. So every day for a year after practice, he'd sit there and do face-off after face-off. So now you can't even compete. Mm-hmm. They've got talent plus the hard work. People really don't understand how, how good you have to be to be an NHL hockey player. Zach Cassian, for example, he could be skating hard. You can give him the hardest pass he possibly can in limited space. And if it's in his skates, he'll kick it up. If it's anywhere near him, he's got it. He's not missing that pass. I would say it's probably 2016, 2017. We're doing a shooting drill. So Webby, a defenseman, he's assistant captain for Buffalo, 6'2", Big guy, hard, hard, hard working hockey, but not skilled. And I'm not cutting him up. He just yeah. he wasn't skilled. But skilled more than the most people. Relative, yeah, relative yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah, hockey yeah. players. So, but yeah. he was a, so a 5'6 D his whole career and block shots and stuff. So Webby goes and stands in front of the net. Like Aaron Eckblad is cracking slap shots. And Webby stand there with a stick like this, like upside down. NHL guys are shooting. And he's standing right dead center in the middle and didn't miss a puck. He's a defenseman. 
no skill McGill yeah. standing in front of the net every shot and he's not holding it like a hockey player he's holding yeah. it like this and they're coming in Hard. 85 to 100 miles an hour didn't flinch so with that this guy says I love when they start with bro he goes bro that's a lie there's no way a 5-6 D is tipping pucks like that on the regular with the crying laughing face so that was his <laughs> that was his response yeah. to us talking about Mike Weber tipping pucks. So yeah. go ahead. Well, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I would make a story yeah. like that. But okay, let's just say let's just say he missed a couple. Yeah. Okay, let's just say that. Maybe I lied. Maybe I lied. Maybe out of the fifty pucks or hundred pucks that were given to him, he didn't get exactly uh, he got most of them. Yeah. That, that's the answer. Yeah, he he may have missed one or two. Actually, a couple might have even missed that. Yeah, and he right. couldn't reach him. So let's just say he got. Which now I'm no no that, now like, I'm lying. He yeah. only got seventy five to eighty yeah. percent or ninety. Now I'm lying actually. Yeah. Um, but that's not the point. The point is is the point of this is that people look at because someone said something the other day. I don't know if you if you put this down if you found one of those. If someone said. Uh, uh, someone in the NHL, like uh, they used Milan Lucic for an oh, example yeah. that he couldn't even handle a junior. Oh practice. yeah, we sh- I wish we would have got that one too. And Wait, hang like, on, let me. I okay. want to sharpen that one. So on, along the same lines, this guy, somebody else commented in the same kind of vein that uh, Milan Lucic couldn't skate with a WHL team. Right. Like he would go out with a so WHL is like the OHL out west yep. in the CHL. So he was saying if he played on a WHL team that he'd be one of the worst players or skaters or one of those things with the WHL team. So go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just laughable. That's all like, like it's really, really, it actually is really hard to explain. Like for example, there is a, uh, uh, Braden Kressler came out. So he plays with Flint and he just signed with Toronto. Right. So he was skating with me uh, in the COVID and he was skating with uh, a group of old, well, kids, his own age and a year younger, like he's Oh uh, three. He's Oh three. So, yeah. Yeah, his own age, a year younger than Charlie's age. So he's a beautiful skater, Mm -hmm. right? Like, incredible skater. And the guys are like, holy crap, like, he is so good. And I was like, yeah, he's a, at the time, he's a fourth line winger for the Flint Firebirds. They're like, no. I'm like, yeah. We've had Keenan Southers out, right? He's, um, he's at, he plays at the University of Maine. Black Bears right now. Six foot eight. He played on the U.S. Uh, national team, and he skates with me all the time. People look at it, and they go, that's impossible that he's that good and that big. And well, No, this is a guy that's hardly getting points in the in, in <laughs> university. You have, no, yeah. you have no idea how good the good guys are. Mm-hmm. Like, no idea. So, like... Dalton Proud, if you watched him on the ice, and people do around here, they go, oh, my God, is he good. Yeah, he's he's scratched and clawed to stay in the NHL. Yeah. And I'm not, that's not a, that's not a, no. if you saw him shoot a puck, pass puck, skate, mobility, tough, hit guys, you'd say this guy's got to be a superstar. Now, if you watch Aaron Ekblad out here, everyone just goes, including the veterans in the NHL, go, like the guy is, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, so to the point is they shoot the puck where they want it to go. <laughs> very, 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 very seldomly miss. They're professionals. 
they're professionals. It's like, and this is what I don't think people understand is when you take your time and you hone the craft and you go at it every single day and with a purpose, right? So if you're a, uh, like a Mike Weber, you're doing like 560, you're working so hard to do the little things that tipping a puck, he stands there in front and blocks shots all day. He's not worried about a puck at him. So he, why is I, it's not, not that impressive when you actually yeah. understand what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. It's like, from my perspective, right? Like, uh, okay, Andy, you're going to have uh, 40 guys out there. They're going to be on the ice in uh, 15 minutes. Uh, NHL guys, uh, can you do a lesson? Yeah. Yeah. It's what I do. It's my job. It's yeah. my job. It's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, yeah, like, I well, mean, it's it's just the repetitiveness of what they do. Like, they're so good. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you look at Pastor with Charlie's team, right? The patience. Like he's moving in slow motion half the time. And he just does little fakes and stuff that everyone bites on. So it's like watching as a fan or as a, as a, as a whatever, you're watching the game, you can say, well, the guy should have had him. No, he's so good at it, man. It's not even funny. Yeah. So it's it. And that's what I wanted to highlight. That's why I picked this one out because that's the, the lack of perspective that a lot of people have. And no, normally I get these comments from, you know, adults that are just trying to cause shit or kids like younger kids that are, Oh, three to oh five or later that are making comments like this. And it's like, you literally have no idea what you're talking about because these guys are so good. And the difference between a guy like Mike Weber, let's say, and a guy like Aaron Ekblad, to me at least, maybe you disagree, but they're, they all have the same kind of baseline set of skills. That's amazing. But then the, the precision on their ability to do things is where the difference comes in. So it's like, everyone is this good. And then the guys that are the best of the best can just do this every single time on purpose yeah. and they'll never miss. Calmly. Like Calm, that's right? the difference with Aaron. It's the Aaron, little thing. Aaron though. is, is um, just there's no no panic. He, I mean, he's working hard out there and stuff, but it's just his threshold, his panic threshold to make a play is like so much higher than yeah. anybody else. He just, you know, and I don't know if it's seeing the game like in slow motion, like yep. everything comes at him slow or whatever, but his panic threshold is just like yep. where another guy's going to get rid of a puck or bobble it. Yep. He's like, okay. And it just looks like in his brain, it must look like what? Yeah. You know? Well then I think shooting's a, an a obvious example that people can relate to. Like every guy in the NHL has a wicked shot. Every single person that plays in the NHL. So what's yes. the difference between they all probably shoot literally all of them probably shoot in the same speed range. Yeah. Range. It's roughly. not, yeah. it's not like, it's not like Austin Matthews can shoot 10 miles per hour faster than everyone else. Every that's, guy. that's not why. So why, but why does he, why is he the shooter? Right. And it's because he can pick a spot and hit it every time yeah. fast, change, under pressure, change angles. change angles, like those. So it's those little skills. Yeah. Like those are the differentiators. But when you just look at raw ability yeah. to do things on the ice, everyone in the NHL is in the ballpark yeah. of being able to do that. Yeah. But then it's just those tiny things like, a guy p- can pick up a pass on his backhand and already know where he needs to shoot so he doesn't have to look and can just shoot it and he scores. Yeah. One, of, one of the biggest, uh, it's very funny, right, generational, is like the comment about a guy couldn't, like Milan Lucic couldn't stay oh, with, yeah. escape with the WHL team. It's like, okay, just put this in perspective. Every generation, when you look at, like, so uh, I'm 52, when I looked at the seven, like the 60s and 70s and I watch a game, I'd be like, they can't skate. They have yeah. no chance they can play at this level. Yeah. Then you look at the next generation, and like even Charlie will look at 
the eighties and then the nineties or more like the eighties when Grant Fuhrer is in that and he'd be out 3000 feet from his net and sprawling and stuff. And Charlie goes, well, anybody would score in that. And it's like, no, it's not true. Yeah. Uh, it was a whole different game. And then now you look at uh, what, I don't know who you say isn't very good now. Cause I guess it's irrelevant now, but everybody can say like, no, here's the thing. If you were a top pick in any era, you're, you could, yeah, oh you could play in any era. This, and the thing was, <laughs> Lucic was like we're picking. We're not picking on Lucic here. It's like I'm defending him actually, but he was a second round pick. That means he was a top sixty pick in the world, and he was a he was like a high high end player a few yeah. years ago, right? When he when it was a little bit and he's more. He's played grindy. for fifteen years. That's right. Like, but if he stepped on the ice with uh, in the WHL, like I've seen. Uh, oh God. Webby was okay, just for an example. Webby was a six D in Buffalo at the time, and uh, he was practicing with the Spitz before he'd go to camp. And Otter would, you know, just before they went yeah. to camp and stuff. And the guys would just be like, "Oh my God, is this guy good?" Yeah, you have no idea. Well, so here's and here, this is what's funny is because that does happen where like the NHL guys will go on with the OHL yeah. guys or whatever, and that's exactly what happens. One any NHL guy steps on the ice at an O at the OHL level with yeah. that team and every single OHL guy is like, oh my God, like this guy plays in the That's NHL. Sick. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Every single guy on the ice says that. Yeah. So it's like, the, that's all I was pointing out again. It's, yeah. just, that, it's, just, <laughs> it's just a perspective. It's like, yeah. it's just, it's funny. Well, right? no, but, so, the, but the, 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 the important point to understand, I guess if you're going to say something like that, is to understand that when you watch an NHL game, you're watching the best of the best and it's hard to explain that. Yeah. The best of the best, they're just so good at everything. So, you know. You don't see if, the contrast, like I said before. You can't, everyone's so good. You can't yeah. see how good they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you know, you, you get a guy tipping pucks, you know, 10 out of 10, 100 out of 100. Yeah. That's not, that's what they do. Yeah. Making great passes, you know, picking the same corner over and over. I can do it. Yeah. You know, like, so if I can do it, I'm sure there's a few guys in the NHL that are better shooters than me. Yeah. I think. For sure. So to add to this is. I have one of my best friends. His name is Dave Steen. Okay. Now, Dave Steen and I are one of my best friends, but we don't hang out hardly ever. But it's like we're tight as tight. So, Dave Steen won a bronze medal without any drugs. Now, someone's probably going to comment, yeah, I'm sure he didn't have drugs. He, zero drugs. <laughs> trust me. Okay. He won a bronze medal in the decathlon in 1988 Seoul Olympics. Okay. Came out that the two, the gold and the uh, was anyways the gold and the silver medalists were on some heavy duty drugs and I know Dave never did it because he wouldn't even take a protein drink. So anyways, so we're talking about the best of the best, right? So Dave and I, I said Dave, I'd love to do some running with you because we had a gym together, right? So I'd love to do some running with you. So he goes, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's go go to a football field. So we started off doing this one drill. It was walk, jog, sprint, like a football yep. field. By the time you get to the fifty, yeah, I remember line. you told me this. Yep. So he's not even a he. <laughs> He's not even a sprinter. He's a decathlete. That means you do everything. So you got to be well versed in every in the ten events. So you got mm-hmm. strength, speed, power, flexibility, pole vaulting. Like fuck, come on, man. Guy can do anything. So we did our the first run that we did. We did our little warm up. He goes, okay. So we we went to the fifty yard line together, right? Walked, little jog. Then he took off at the fifty yard line. I fell down. I was laughing so yeah. hard. I remember you told me that. Why was I laughing so hard? Because he was so fast, and he's a, he's not even a sprinter. Yeah. So I was just I use that scale if yeah. you want to compare a hockey player. 
what they'll do, like the best of the best, which in the NHL there's roughly 800 best hockey players in the world. If you get on the ice with them, they'll they'll make you do what I did with Dave yep. when he went running because I'm in his domain now. Right. He he sprinted. I fell down laughing. He looked at me. He goes, "What?" And I go, "Come on." Yeah. <laughs> I was dying. It was like a gazelle. Yeah. It just went like from a jog to he was ten meters in front of me. Yeah. And so and it was like a ama- I was in amazement. And he's not Usain Bolt or no. Ben Johnson or whatever. I know. He's he, he's he's pretty quick, I guess. But yeah. I was like, whoa. When it's it, you can map that onto any yeah anything like uh, you know who Bob Ross is. Painter, painter guy, (laughs) brutal hair. Yeah, amazing at painting. Yeah. Sometimes my mom on the TV will watch actually a game, and after the game's done, it's like ten o'clock, and he comes on at ten o'clock on the whatever channel my mom watches. Create actually is a network. Okay. And uh, I'm watching him doing these paintings, and I'm like, effortlessly, beauty, beautiful scene, like whatever he's. I'm like, oh, this is unbelievable. How can you? And that is the level of. So think about that. Think about it yeah. like that. Because most people that make these kind of comments, they might have played at some level of hockey at some point. So they think because they've played some level, like they have a, a clue. And you don't have a clue, man. You don't. So no. it's just very, very interesting to talk about. Uh, next one. So we were talking about, uh, I titled this one, it was called uh, Enjoy Watching Your Kids Before It's Over. Watched them with, with pure joy. Go to his OHL games. My wife keeps going, I miss minor hockey. I, I know because she's a business now. Hockey becomes a business. It'll drive you bananas if, you, if you're not prepared for this yeah. as a parent. The thing is to enjoy it because you know what you know, would be an awful thing, honestly? He could possibly play five years in the OHL. Wouldn't it be awful to spend the next five years worried, uptight, pissed off, trying to squeeze more juice out of him, trying to motivate him? Doing what you would do in minor hockey and not come out of it and say, like, at least we enjoyed watching him. He's still your son. Yeah. Because now it's up to him anyways. That would suck to be him to be 21, 22 and for us to look back and say just bad things. So uh, somebody commented on that one. Uh, Unfortunately, minor hockey can be a business as well, especially in the GTHL AAA. That was their comment on that one. So I don't know if you want to throw something on that. Could be... uh, I wouldn't call it a business. I mean, the minor hockey might have some side to it that is business-like. Uh, yeah, okay, so probably saying that coaches get paid. Yeah, that's probably true. That's just the – I wouldn't call that a business because the guy's not going to get actually fired or he's not trying to get to the end. Well, maybe he's trying, but it's not the same at all. Um, that's just kind of one of those things. Like even in the local minor hockey, a lot of the coaches now get – you know, and I have no problem with this, getting their gas paid for, hotels paid for, stuff like that. I have zero problem with that. I think it's actually good because they're, especially if they're volunteering their time and they just want a coach to coach. I think it's a nice gesture to do and to buy their lunches and stuff. Like, okay, cool. I have, I do have a problem with minor hockey coaches getting paid. Um, I do. I just, I have a problem. I know a lot of people say, well, yeah, if you want the best coaching, okay, that's fine. Like whatever. There's an argument either way, I guess. Yeah. Um, the business side of it to me, I don't know how to say, I don't really know how to say this in, in minor hockey, but you are paying coaches. So there's maybe a side to it that people that pay coaches may have some preferential treatment with their kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, but this goes back to what I always say is if you are the best guy on the ice, then you don't have to worry about that stuff. You know what I mean? Yep. 
Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't know really what else to say about that. It's uh, well, it circles to the politics argument that we talk about. Yeah, it's more because, politics than anything. Yeah, and that's kind of what this guy's yeah. implying, like yeah. the politics that can come. And yeah. so, like our, we've said this a million times, but our philosophy, because we, I know we both agree on this, for the politics in hockey, it's not that the politics don't exist because politics. Right things like ulterior motives and agendas and all that that's everywhere like you can't really get around that but it's the amount of impact that it actually has on the career of a player or their trajectory or whatever i think is just like way way overblown overstated like whatever everyone acts like everyone got screwed and that's why they didn't make it like that's how everyone talks about like the concept of politics or like minor hockey business and i don't live in toronto so maybe it's worse than i i know but i i know how minor hockey works i know you know how minor hockey works and even if there's money being tossed around and whatever the best players are gonna move on and if that happens in their draft year if it happens a year later if it happens two years later or whatever the kids that are good and good enough to make it and progress very infrequently will it be the politics that stopped and that doesn't mean it never happens but it's very infrequent that that would be the actual reason why someone doesn't move on to a higher level so i just think it's Comments like that, I get like I get your point. I understand the point, but I just think people scapegoat that a lot for the reason that things don't work yeah. out or or whatever. I think it's just way way overstated. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess I don't have a whole lot to say about that, but I would agree with you. Yeah. Next one. Um, so this one we were talking about uh, soft parenting and like soft generation of kids. I don't know what it is about the parents there's a lot of erring on the side of don't do too much don't push it don't overwork or work too hard kids need to figure out how to find the actual limit between like hurt and tired sore and hurt those differences like you don't know that when you're a teenager yeah. so i find like a lot of these kids are going to their physio person or their chiro person or whatever and they're always defaulting to well, I need to take a break because this is sore a little bit. What can happen is like, okay, now I got to take a week off because my Cairo guy said I should take a week off. Mm-hmm. Now I missed three workouts. That happens every two months. And now you're missing six workouts in two months. Like that's a terrible idea. You're getting out of the flow. You're getting, you're missing whatever the, that day is, whatever the workout of that day is. If it's a squat day or a hinge day or whatever, yeah. like that's a big day. You don't want to yeah. miss that day. And so I don't know what the mentality is of the parents. I'd never did that. I don't know about you, but like when I was a teenager, when I was 14 and 15, I didn't go to Cairo. I didn't go to physio i didn't do not never that not that it's inherently bad no, necessarily no, no, but no. it's just the mentality that goes no. with it right so this this is an interesting one because for us like and i remember you we're, we talk when we talk about that kind of stuff we're not and you've said this before you don't want to come off as like joe tough guy or whatever because that's no. not what we're trying to be but we promote you know a level of resiliency and and being able to solve a problem and handle criticism and handle adversity and like that kind of stuff obviously those things are good things to have so this comment came from somebody, and this kind of goes against, in a way, I guess, what some of the stuff we talk about. But this guy said, the same thing goes for mental health. Honestly, taking care of your it, meaning your mental health, taking care, care of your mental health is stupid. <laughs> it affects you and only you. If you let your mental health get in your way, then you won't make it. So that was the comment from this guy. And And before I throw it to you, so this is something that could be interpreted as the message of our video right? Mm -hmm. This is something that people could think we're saying, like we're saying, it doesn't matter what you feel mentally, like just get over it. Like, like, you know what I mean? Overcome whatever you're thinking, like, don't be a baby, like all that kind of stuff. Like people could interpret because people, man, the way people interpret some stuff, it's like, wow. But people could think we're saying something like this in the video. And the reason I pulled this out is because 
this is actually not what we're saying <laughs> when we're saying oh, 100%. don't be soft or anything. So that's that's really my yeah. background for you. So am I talking about the physical or mental right now? Because we we're talking about some soft. So let, let me go back to cool. that. So we were yep. talking about, you know, some kids are like at a young age. I, I think we were talking about. Uh, yeah, I right. noticed a difference in parents. Yeah. At the rink, always like from the, the, there was a transition where they drop the kids off, or they'd come and watch practice and stuff, and then they'd wait yeah. in the car after, or you know they they watch the skill session and whatever. But I saw a, a trend quickly happen like it was almost like an age group where yeah. that was in the parents, same thread we were yeah, talking about the same parents thing. come in and make sure you have a water bottle and, and and it was like a baby baby them and make sure you work hard it was like trying to massage everything they do and then it went into um kids that like sometimes they were when they were injured yeah or they thought they that's were injured. that was the clip yeah they you know it was always like chiropractor massage therapist this that the other thing where and so i'd say the same thing about the mental side is like it's we never. I would never say just tough it, tough it out. What we were saying there is, let's just take an injury for example. I got a sore back. Well, the easy thing to do would say, okay, we'll go to the chiropractor, and then the chiropractor will give you a, a little thing and say, well, we come back a couple more times, take a week off. And I'm not saying that you'd never go see a chiropractor, but what I would say is, as a, as a student or as a player, to what can you do to prevent these things is what we were saying. Right. So we can, you know, instead of just every time they have a bump and bruise, take them somewhere and get yeah. fixed. Right. It's like we can take care of a lot of that stuff ourselves by doing mobility stuff, mm-hmm. right? Instead of always relying on someone else to fix our problems. And the other thing is, is you have to understand the difference between actually having like a, like I had a kid, man. I'd push him through things unless I thought it was dangerous. Yep. So he took a shot in the head one time and my wife was like, well, maybe we should hold him on. I said, hey, listen, man, you don't get a concussion that way. You're like a puck coming off his head, you're not getting a concussion. Yeah. Unless it was 3,000 miles an hour yeah. and it blew his head off his shoulders. <laughs> you got to go pick up the shrapnel. Maybe he's got a concussion. He might, well, now he doesn't have a head. So <laughs> you don't get a concussion like that. So let's stop. Like, like, like there's a common sense approach to it too, yeah. right? Now, if he's... Then there's things that are they look a little bit more serious and like it's okay we need to go to check a doctor for these things right so that's like common sense but take care of what you can take care of on your own stretch and these are lessons there's better for them to do that stuff anyways is don't don't just rely on other people to do it the mental health thing I'm not qualified to tell you what is a <laughs> I'm not qualified to say what mental health is all I know is that I'm a pretty upbeat guy. I know some of the the things that I do to to stay upbeat and to um, maybe not get down is is fitness and reading and stuff. But having said that, there's days where I don't feel like it, and there's there's times where I feel like you know not as motivated and stuff like that. Um, ignoring it would be stupid. Yeah, it would be stupid to sit there and say you know like so. What was the thing on mental? So so I don't understand. So yeah. So basically, what are you saying is. I think what his he's trying to point out is that I'm assuming he's trying to it's a he yeah you're assuming you know, but he uh, what he's trying to point out is I think people especially today there's a lot of mental health talk right everything's an there's issue a, everything's about your mental health and your yeah. mental and I see that I see that argument I understand that, that point because that can definitely go overboard yeah I get that but to say that taking care of your mental health is stupid <laughs> and 
it affects you and only you and let your if you let your mental health get in the way you won't make it it's like no that's not right no you actually need to do work to keep yourself mentally sharp and keep yourself in a good in a good state that's actually very important so if you say okay uh just just like that overcome your if you're in a downward like that's not helpful like that's you no, need if you're in no. a if you're in a downward spiral of some sort then like you said you need a strategy to get out of that that's number 1 number 2 there are legitimate mental health problems that people can have and 100%. sometimes you might actually need help you might actually need to go talk to somebody you might actually need to do something 100%. like have some intervention to help yourself yeah but framing it whatever his point was yeah, it's a, framing it's a really it in this way general. yeah it's not a, it's not a good way to talk about the idea of mental health. Like I said, I get your point that you can go overboard. That kind of way of talking about it isn't useful. When know? I was uh, in my 20s, people, there was a couple of people that I knew that said they had mental health problems and I said, ah, just get over it, man. Yeah. Have a better attitude, right? That's what I said. That's I, what he's kind of saying. Yeah, and, right? I, and that's because I never was depressed. Yeah, I never had any issues like that. Um, not that I was aware, to, aware of. Maybe I hid them. I don't know. Like I, I think I'm pretty stable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So <laughs> I think I, I think I'm fairly stable. <laughs> I think I'm okay. I look at myself in the mirror and tell myself I'm okay. So no, I so but I, I it was ignorant of me to say that to people like just just muck it out. It's your attitude and all that stuff. Some people it's not. I, I I'm sorry and probably over the years when actually life hits you. Even it doesn't have to be life. Some people just have the issue. But if life hits you sometimes and you just don't know the solutions, you can get pretty down. <laughs> no, I got water up my nose. Yeah, I know. Um, no, that's that's right. And I think the way you just, that last sentence, yeah. that's the right way to think about it. Like my son being away from home, he's called me or I've, I'm aware of what could be happening. So maybe I'm a step ahead of the game. Yeah. But I know if you, listen, man, if you're a, a a high pick and you were drafted and and you were uh, all the ice time all your life to go to a to a league and now you're on the fourth line and you're getting well yeah, i only got one shift that period you know what his attitude is at the end of the game is it was like yay i got i got one period i'm so happy about my 12 second second shift yay i'm so happy and i'm gonna have a good attitude and pretend that i'm happy i already know he's pissed right if he's not pissed then we have another issue so it's being ahead of it and guiding them through it. And if I don't, as a dad, even as a coach, kind of stay ahead of it so that they understand, guess what that does to your mental frame? Yeah. I I just want to play and it goes sideways or south and all of a sudden you don't think you're very good. Yeah. Unless you're just like a genius kid and you just say, oh, no, I know, I understand this. I'm going to muck through it. I'm going to work my ass off and show them. And yeah. unless you're the perfect yeah. human being, which, which no kid understands. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, that's right. And, and that, that's kind of what I was getting at with that. Like there's a, there's a, a point at which it becomes too much, but to like just dismiss it as not being a real problem. It's like, that's not right. That's not true. Like it need, yeah. takes, and I remember it too. when I was away, like you need, you need to spend time making sure that you're in a, a good mental frame, whatever mental health means. But yeah. So this one was good. This was a video we did talking about making the choice between NCAA and CHL. Most kids aren't going to be in the position where they get to choose. So if you get drafted in Canada, 
16, you go to camp for two years. And then if you get cut both years, then your choice is basically over. You're probably not going to get another crack at the OHL. You're probably going to yeah. try to go to school after yeah. that. If you're a kid from the States, you have a little bit more leeway to pick now. There's a lot more schools over there. You're already in the States. You're already in that environment. You were probably planning on that anyways. Yeah. If you get an opportunity from an OHL team, maybe you're like, okay, well, now I actually have to think about this. If you find yourself in the position where you get to pick, you're probably good enough where it doesn't actually matter too much. Go wherever the best deal is for you, basically. Yeah. All the regular hockey things yeah. we talk about. Where are you going to play the yeah. most? Where are you going to develop the best? who has the best development program, who has the best facilities. So if you're talking about D1 school that doesn't have a ton of money and always finishes in the toilet every year versus a really high quality OHL program, that's a pretty easy choice and vice versa. If it's yeah. an OHL team that doesn't have the best reputation or doesn't have the best development program, and then you have a choice to go to Michigan State, yeah. I feel like that's an easier choice. And this guy very matter of factly commented, uh, NCAA. You'd be stupid to turn down a D1 offer for an OHL team. You'll get your education and have a chance for the NHL. OHL barely pays for education. That was that comment. So uh, obviously this this is just like um, someone who's obviously misinformed and maybe doesn't have a lot of experience dealing with it. But I mean, I know we've talked about in the context of some of our guys that have went to the OHL, they're getting some pretty sweet deals in terms of education alone, let alone. Yeah, they have no so, choice. Yeah. Um, I had my school paid for. 1985, got my all my education paid for. Uh, several guys on my team did as well. Um, here's the thing with that. First of all, it's easy to sit there as an adult and say, because it sounds so good. You just go to you go to get a D1 scholarship and get your school paid for. Okay, they just they just don't happen. First of all, um, but it's but that's easy to say because it seems like a no brainer. But on the other side is that if you play in the OHL. CHL, you have your school paid for. Now, there's different levels of it. If you play one year, there's some one for one. So play a year, get a year. Play two years, get two years. There's some like some kids. Like I know a kid that uh, that I work with that just signed, and they because uh, they didn't give them like so the, the big one would be like one game, four years yeah. of university paid for, and then this team gave them because he was a late signing and he wasn't prepared for it and they had tried to help him make a decision. They expect him to play four years, but they said, you're going to you play one game, we'll give you two years, and then after that, every year you play, we'll give you a year of university, college paid yep. for. So that's good. So the argument that the OHL hardly pays for the school, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true. Like, that's uh, it's a, it's an ignorant statement. It's just not true. And on the other side of that, when you're talking about a D1 scholarship, it's not D1 pays for your school either. It's not all of it. They might pay for some of it. Yeah. They might pay for a year. They yeah. might give you it if you maintain an average. Yeah. They might. So it's not. Yeah. So on the one side, he's he's misrepresenting what happens in the OHL, and then yeah. he's overstating yeah. what happens with Division One scholarships. Yeah. Right. It's not just I'll get my four years paid for in yeah. D1. It's like no. Even if you get a full ride, yeah. there's always something you have to maintain in yep. terms of a grade point average or some eligibility standards that yep. you have to maintain. And there's, there's I, and to be fair though, there's, there's a lot of help to help you maintain that as a hundred percent. But the, the most important thing about the D one scholar scholarships is that when people think scholarship, they think a full ride of everything yes. paid for. And it's just, that's a very, very rare. Yeah. That's what I'm pointing out with there's this. Right? Point, He's saying it like, it's like that, like yeah. you get your school paid for. It's yeah. like, well, so just go do that. Yeah. Right. So, so now change gears a bit. Change pace. Nice. Change of pace. Is who's making the decision to go? Yeah. 
so if I made the decision to go, if I was, um, if that, let's just say I was a, uh, uh, and uh, trust me on this, I th- th- I have no preference. That's okay? what I was gonna say that too. I have We're not zero saying preference. One over the other. Yeah. My son's in the OHL, and it's like, but but here's the reason. Can I tell my son what to be when he grows up? I want you to be a lawyer, a doctor, an uh, engineer. I can't do that for him. I can't do it. If I do that to him, like. I'll probably be disappointed and he'll probably resent me pushing him to do something he didn't want to do. So if you're making a choice between the OHL and college, all you can do is like the kid is making the choice, not mom and dad. Mom and dad could guide you. And unless maybe some parents make their kids do it. I don't know. But for the most part, the kid has to make that decision, not mom and dad. Yep. Now, are we going to go through details and find out and make sure it's the best place and talk to the kids and make decisions about that? Yes, but the, ultimately what happens is that the kid makes the decision. So to say just grab NCAA, uh, OHL doesn't pay for education, that's that's just not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, if you're a kid or a parent, I don't care where you live, like Sasha, Sasha, Sasha passed the job for, with uh, Guelph, who's a U.S. He was supposed to go to Notre Dame. He came to the OHL for a reason. So uh, NHL teams uh, obviously would like some development there. And I don't, I'm not saying better than, better than college or anything, but that was probably something that made sense to his agent in the Anaheim Ducks to go to the OHL. It's a good place to go. But when you're making the decision, if you're 16 years old or 17, 18, whatever, and you're, and as a parent, you're giving, you're given, here's a team that's saying, we want you to play for our team. And, this is the school that you're going to, this is, we're offering to give you all this for school. Whether it's two, three years or four years, whatever it is, five years. And and it's it's one in the hand, right? As opposed to, well, we're going to wait a year or two and hopefully if yep. we work hard and everything goes right, X school is going to give me a scholarship, which I don't know the amount's going to be. So, are you, are you a dummy for taking yeah. the what you know you got? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. And at the end of the day, your school's paid for, unless you choose not to use it. Yeah. So, I think it's other factors that are more at play than the school thing. That's kind of what I'm. I like this is a dismissible point because it's like both get, you get your school, both yeah. either way to some degree whether it's a D1 or OHL, you're getting some amount of school that they're going to pay for. That's not the main consideration to make, basically. It's other things. It's how old are you? What, like, what kind of opportunity are you getting? How much uh, attention are you getting? Who's offering you what kind of opportunity? What organization are you going to? Like, these are the, where do you live? Like, these are the types of yeah. things you should consider more than like True. the school argument. So that's kind of the, the last piece. More, I'd more of on a that. hockey question, I guess. Yeah. Like, I think you'd be here. absolutely nuts unless you wanted to go to uh, Harvard or Cornell or a specific school to get your education, to be a doctor with all that and all that. I think you'd be absolutely nuts not to take, if you were good enough to get a four year OHL scholarship package and you didn't take it. I don't know. Well, but it's the opposite. Like it depends. And that's where it starts to be. depends where you live. Like if you live in Ontario, that's what you would get. But if you're 16 in Minnesota, they're offering you a full ride D one scholarship there. Right. So yeah, it's like, it just, maybe, it, no, it depends, but it depends where you live. If you're getting offered a f- four-year OHL contract to pay for four years of school, that means you're 
a top dog. Yes. Which means yes. if you live in Minnesota, yes. you're getting a four-year yes. Division One yes, yes, offer. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. So yes. then it's like yes. now it's, it's hockey. Just, it's a hockey skill. Thing. Yeah. Now it's yeah. just where do you live? If yeah, you live yeah, in yeah. Minnesota, you're going D1. If you live in Ontario, yeah. you're going to play in the OHL. Yeah. Because both are fantastic yes. options. Yes. Right? Hundred percent. So yeah. That's, yeah. That's kind of yeah. what it comes down to. And the path to get to each of them is a little bit different, but yeah, one thousand percent. Yep. So next one we were talking about physical size. Mm-hmm. In hockey, 1985, like it's old school hockey now. There's a lot of clutching and grabbing. There's a fight every two two minutes. The bigger you were, the better. If you could, uh, you know, if you, you didn't necessarily have to skate because you can get your stick into someone and you can, you know, it was a physical, physical game, which was I was fine with. But I was only five foot nine and a half and 170 pounds when I was 16 years old playing in that league. Did that end up being a reason why you didn't make it though? Like the stature part of it? Because we talk about this all the time. How it was a different game because of the way the game was played back then. Do you think? It could have been partly like a timing thing. Physically, maybe you weren't what was being looked for at the time. I don't care what anyone says right now. The smaller player has a chance. They do. Like in, we're talking 2018, 19, 20, 21, maybe through to 25. I disagree because you know what the first thing they, everyone asked when uh, Charlie got interviewed? Size of your feet, how big are how tall are your parents? Yeah. Size doesn't matter. It's be just bigger. better to be yeah. bigger. Like to a certain degree, it is. To answer your question, was size a factor? 100%, but it's not the factor. Um, so somebody, and this was just a question that looks like a kid asked, so I yep. thought it'd be good to no, talk about it. No, it's probably a kid asking because he would like help. Yep, that's right. What can smaller players do to separate themselves from other players? So this was in the context, because we were talking about in that clip actually how it doesn't matter what people say, being bigger is just better. It's, it's just better to be bigger because you just have advantages from your size, from a size standpoint. So if you're a smaller... What, yeah, when you're, when you're big, you have to prove you can't play. Yeah, that's right. If you're good and big, you have to prove that you can't play. If you're small and good, you have to prove that you're good in spite being small. Is that, was that that's, the no, sense? that's great. Well, well said. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. But, so what does a small guy have to do? Like Number one, uh, I love that question because I like helping guys. Because I could probably tell right now this kid's a tiger just by asking that question because he's probably going to take this uh, information and go with it, right? Uh, so when you're a smaller guy, uh, we got the I, one of my best examples is um, – on Charlie's team is Benny McFarland. He's five eight or five seven and a half or something like that. And the guy stands out um, not because he puts ten pucks. In, like because you would think uh, small guys have to be f- fast and score goals, yeah, skilled, right? Skilled, He's skilled. Yeah, yeah. But that's not necessarily so. You got to bring something to the table, just like a big guy. Uh, so being small, you have to do something to stand out. So like Ben McFarland on the Guelph Storm, he's uh, he's a, a, a tiger. He never stops moving. Hits man. everybody. Yeah. Like he's a very physical player, and he's a smaller, thicker guy. Um, he is a tenacious forechecker. He gets loose pucks, and he's a great penalty killer and good in his D zone. So he's got speed. So that's what I would say for a young guy: is make sure that you're standing out. It doesn't, or a young guy, a small guy. Um, you want to be as so when you're small, you do want to be as fast as possible. And you want to be as strong as possible so that you're like built like a little bit, I don't want to say built like a fire hydrant, but kind of built like a fire hydrant, meaning that you're just hard to knock off a puck so that when you do come in contact with someone, even when they're big, it's like hitting a, you know, a thud, not just a big body. So, you know, you make an impact when you do have uh, physical contact and stuff, but, you know, obviously work on your offensive side of the game that would help, help you. But I mean, being a superb uh, defensive player, four checker, and and uh, um, on that is a, that's it's good enough. You just yeah, yeah, do something different than anyone else. So yeah. find your niche. Uh, 
And, you know, you know, it's sad in a way that the smaller guys always do have to prove themselves. Like there's a little chip on the shoulder and it's like when a Brendan Gallagher, who's actually not just a small guy, that's pretty good. He's a, he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's always got to, it's always referred to that he, for a small guy. No, the guys that compete. And I think that's the word that you have to have for a, a smaller guy is just the compete level off the charts. Yep. Um, you know, and I could say this as a player, like, when you have a, a guy that, you know, when you, if you're a smaller guy that's, uh, I mean, play with Tiger Chitteroni when I was in junior, 5'8", and he would go against anybody. He becomes scary because you're, you know, it's that small package of dynamite, you know, and uh, you surprise people. And if you if you can stick up for yourself as a small guy, I mean, you, you'll create room for yourself. Yeah, that's But so. don't, like, the thing with the small guys, smaller guys, is... Don't look at yourself as small. It's a it's a big mistake um, because it's it was always in the back of your head. Just look at yourself as a player, yep. and 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 work your ass off because like create doubt every time you tell tell yourself that you're small. Yep. Just never mind that you're small. Just ignore it. Yeah. Pretend you're six foot three. I think that good the marker that you you mentioned there the compete yeah. that's the measuring stick yeah. right like make sure your competes off the charts and then you specialize in whatever the, the, that thing is that you're good at whatever yeah. the niche is that could be forechecking whatever it could be skill it could be whatever yeah. whatever however you play but that compete thing that's got to be the common yeah. uh, denominator um, okay so this one now uh, this was a video that I posted it was actually pretty popular it's talking about um, eating on game day which is so funny how freaking nobody teaches this man like nobody knows how they're supposed to eat when they're yeah. uh, even I'm Dal- I remember Dalton talking about game days. Like he had to figure out what he was supposed to be eating on his game days. Mm-hmm. It's like guys plays in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Why is this information not being taught? Anyways, key on your game day is you want to be light from a nutrition perspective. You want to feel light. You go into games and you feel like you got the mud legs or cement legs. There's usually two reasons for that. One would be you didn't move that day yet. And the second reason is you ate stupid. Before your game, you want to err on the side of not enough food than too much food. You can't undo too much but you can always eat something. Eat things that you digest well. That means things that aren't gonna upset your stomach. You want things that will digest quickly. So that means like lower fat, typically. You wanna be focused on like carbohydrates and protein. The trick with the carbohydrates is people think this is like an older way of thinking about things is you gotta like carb load. The carb load thing isn't really necessary. You want to eat carbs and protein, but it's always moderate. Because on the game day, if you're eating a whole bunch of carbs, you're going to want to take a nap, man. The general principles are going to be keep it light and uh, focus more protein, carbohydrate, and things that are going to digest easily. So this wasn't specifically about nutrition, but this kid asked uh, in terms of not moving. uh, If you get cement legs from not moving that day, what's a good pregame workout to make sure that doesn't happen? So that's, that's a pretty good question. So that... Outside of the nutrition piece, just what advice about that? Just making sure that you're feeling like you got energy during the game. What would you say about that? Yeah, so it comes back to something we said, talked about before. Is every now the thing is is every now and then you're going to have a game where it's just it's just the way you are. You know, I go to work out like last week workouts, even a little bit this week. I just don't feel it. Like I, I'm doing them, but I just don't feel it. I, my body doesn't feel mm-hmm. energetic and stuff. Uh, look at my habits. Yeah, I got off. Had a few beers on the weekend, a couple late nights. That could be it. But anyways, thing is, stay on your routine. Uh, this stuff here, water, it's called water. Drink lots of it. If you have lots of water every day, a couple liters a day, you're, uh, you, you, you know you're hydrated, so you don't want to be not hydrated. So that's number one. Stay in your routines. Uh, that's why what Eric says all the time about staying in your routines is really important because if you stay in your routines, you maybe could uh, gives you your best chance. Having said all that, there are going to be days where you're just going to have heavier legs or things don't feel right. 
and there's not much you can do about it, but just stay to your routines as much as you can, drink your water and eat healthy most of the time. Yep. And I think on, on the routine have piece, pregame routine should be the same pregame routine. Well, this is what I'm no going to point at. If you don't have a pregame routine, yeah. then you need to make one. Yeah. That's And so for this guy, like if he's asking about, you know, what, what's a good thing to do during the day to make sure that you're moving or what's a good pregame like kind of setup that you can get for yourself so you, you feel good going on the ice. And if you don't have that yet, then you need to make sure that at some point earlier in that day, you get a sweat of some sort, yeah. right? So you're not pushing into any like reserve energy. You're not doing a high intensity interval workout. You're not doing any of that. It could be a bike. It could be some kind of dynamic warm up sequence. It could be go for a walk. Yeah. It could be a combination of those things. It yeah. could be yoga. It could be whatever you want, but go and move around. You should feel yeah. alive that day, not just being a couch potato. Yeah. So develop some routine, some habits. What time do you get up? What time do you eat? What time do you move? And try to stick as closely to that regimen as you can. And that's what's going to give your body it's, it'll start to develop some patterns, right? It's like people say, if you wake up at the same time over time, you wake up at the same time every morning, eventually your body just starts to wake up at that time and yep. you don't have to wake it up anymore. You don't need your alarm. That's right. And that's the benefit of the routines. Your body starts to expect certain things at certain times yeah. and then you can stick with that. Yeah. You know, So you find a routine that works for you, whatever yeah. it is, something like I just suggested or whatever works for you, figure out what it is and then you stick to that. And some days, like, especially if you're playing in junior, you probably go to school or something. So you're not going to always be able to have the ideal setup, but you try to stick to it the best you can and don't let it go and don't compromise it either. Because that's how, as soon as you start to change things a lot, now your body doesn't know what's happening anymore. Yeah. And that's where you start to get out of your, yep. your groove or whatever. So yeah, that's good on that one. Okay. Uh, so this is the last one. So this one uh, was a video we talked about, like drinking, partying, lifestyle and becoming a ho trying to become a hockey player you have to be really dialed in i mean you can't do it the competition is so stiff now if you think that you can go out and drink and perform and make the nhl it's not going to happen the only way it happens is if you are the best of the best but it doesn't happen long you can try to fight that one it doesn't happen anymore so the players are just way too good especially in junior because now the parties the, the age differential is there now, right? Where you're 16 and you're with 20 year olds that can drink and all that. You do have to find a balance because you also need to be part of the team. This doesn't mean that you can never go out with the boys and you every Saturday night you no, have to stay and go to bed. Not at all. You have to find how how can I be a part of this without negatively impacting my, my long-term progress on this. One of the keys of that is being confident in yourself to say, I'm gonna come and hang out with you guys or not, but if I am, I'm doing it my way on my terms and I don't care what you guys say. We're all gonna have a good time and that's fine, but you guys can do it your way and I'm just gonna do it my way. You can't like succumb to the pressure of, well, you're not a beauty. So this guy comments, he goes, every pro hockey player is laughing at this video because all they used to do is train, play hockey and drink. So that was this so, comment. So what I'm gonna emphasize is, Every pro hockey player Every is laughing. Them. All of them. Because all they ever did, That's all they did was eat, train, and drink. Yeah. That's it. Well, yeah. Maybe we're wrong. So, so <laughs> maybe this, I'm wrong. So this is just not true. Did every <laughs> hockey player. So every would, pro. My, my, every pro hockey every player. Every pro hockey player. So I would I would answer that question is how many pro hockey players do you actually know? Yeah. And maybe this is someone that played hockey and, and his group of buddies. Mm -hmm. Um who are pro hockey players, which I'm doubting. Um, what do you mean by pro is also yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. question. So here's, here's the thing. Okay. If you, listen, hockey aside, okay, hockey aside, if you go out and drink six beers on a good regular basis, 
would that be good for you or bad for you? I'm not even talking about a hockey player. It's bad for you, mm-hmm. right? It is. You're probably going to get, you're probably going to be sluggish. You're probably going to be gaining a little bit of weight. Probably not going to be optimal. Yeah. Most sleep probably, well. Yeah. You're probably not going to sleep well because you actually, especially if you're really drinking, you're not even sleeping because it's, yeah. what, what is the state Just called? Sedated. It's, it's, yeah, sedated. It's yeah. like, so you're not even getting into any uh, uh, healthy sleep. And we know that if you don't sleep well, even missing an hour of, of sleep, your performance level goes down. I think it's like 40%. Let's say I don't know the let's number, say I'm wrong. Yeah, I read that in in the yeah, doctor book. Sleep about. I don't smarter the number, and all yeah. that stuff. And maybe I'm a little bit off, but let's say it's two hours and it's only twenty percent. But twenty percent of your performance is a lot. Um, so okay, so let's just say that from non hockey perspective, that's it's not healthy for you, even if you're a freaking an accountant. Yeah, you know, but if you stock shelves at the grocery store, you're not going to perform as well. So that's number one. Now, as a, as a professional athlete. Um, obviously your performance will go way down and uh, whatever. So that your job is to optimally perform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now I love having a few beers or a lot of them. Actually, I love it. And uh, a lot of my friends that when I played hockey with them in the eighties and nineties, love to drink their beer. Okay. And at one point there was a lot of guys who used to go out quite a bit. I understand that. Like if, so if someone's, that person's my age or if they're hanging around with a bunch of dorks or a bunch of guys that are, uh, uh, maybe not dialed in, I could say, yeah, maybe all your, I don't, I don't believe (laughs) Anyways, you cannot in today's day and age just train. What do you say? Train, Train, play hockey and drink. Yeah. It's not freaking possible. Now there are exceptions to the rules. Right. You could be, and so the guys that are on my wall and the guys that I've trained, like Ryan Kressler, Kressler, Kressler for an example. Ryan Kessler? Kessler. Yeah. He was a, a machine. Everything in, paid attention to everything, man. Larkin, Dalton, Aaron, like just go down the line. Yes, the guys will go out on a Friday night. Uh, in the summertime or maybe Friday, Saturday, but they dial it back in. I'm not saying they never do it, but I'm telling you in this day and age, you cannot do that anymore. You're competing. So like in the eighties and seventies, when European or eighties, when Europeans started to come over, all of a sudden guys had to perk up a little bit. Like it is true. We used to like hockey players used to come into training camp to get in shape. That's true. That's the way it used to be. You can't do that anymore, man. You have to be Always so dialed in. So here's the thing: is th- there's so much, there are so many ways that the teams keep track of you. There, there's some teams that give you heart monitors every day in the summertime. I remember one of my guys uh, when he was playing for Buffalo had this heart monitor, that, and he report that in every day, in the summertime, to see their VO2 max, to see everything about them, their heart rates, to find out where they're at, their body fat. They're, they're so dialed in that you can't even hide anymore now if you can perform at that level for in spite of uh you know whatever it's just not conducive it doesn't even make sense anymore you have to be the guys eat healthy they drink water they well and the other thing is it's you you could probably make the argument it's not very fun anymore and that would be actually a safe 
safe thing yeah. to say. I, mean, I think Brent Hall just said a, uh, something the other day about it. It's, it's it's no fun anymore. Like the fun is out of hockey, but <laughs> the money's a lot more. Yeah, it's it is a business, and uh, you know, for the guy that's like the average hockey player in the NHL, there are. <laughs> Their workouts are monitored. Like you have to perform in your workouts. You have to perform in practice. Mm-hmm. If you have a shit practice, you're not playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about, you know, even like a second line guy. I'm talking about guys that are your average guy, which most guys are average. Yeah. If you don't have good practices and you didn't perform in a game, you're 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 out. Yeah. Maybe not for the year. You might be out for two, three games scratch. So there is no wiggle room for jackasses. Everybody's Life is uh, is is on the line here. Yeah. Well, they, I think the issue with guys like comments like this is people see like in the media, they'll find an example like Evander Kane or like Patrick Kane or Tyler Segan where they have like some partying story comes out where they were off at some event, whatever. And it's like this this is that top 1% argument again that we talk about where it's like yeah. these are exceptions where and I guarantee you, guarantee you, even those guys they're not going to get after it every weekend, man. They're not. They're still picking their spots, right? And that's a percentage of that 1% that even do that. It's like you don't hear hear about Crosby doing that. You don't hear about McDavid doing that. You don't hear about... So which guys... You're just picking guys that work for your argument. Yeah. Or or if you go... Here's the other thing. You see this a lot is when... Everybody does it, but like if you see five guys let's say our guys on the wall here are out at at the bar down the road and they're just absolutely buckled they went to a golf tournament or and they're you know they've been at it since one o'clock in the afternoon you happen to see five guys at a bar and maybe it's a weekend or whatever you see them all the time they're just drinking and all that stuff well it's not everybody it's not all the time right it's maybe a one-off Yeah, and 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 then be careful what the rumors are and what people yeah. say. Oh, and that's the other thing that we were when we were talking in this video. That's another important piece of context. We weren't talking about guys that are already in the NHL, anyways. We were talking about the the mental framework of kids that are trying to make yeah. the NHL. That's what we were saying. It's like if once you're in the NHL, you go out every couple weekends or when you're on a road trip or whatever, and you that's what you want to do. Or in the summer when you have your five-year contract already and you're going to go out a couple weekends, yeah. that's not the same circumstance as no. the 20, 21, 22-year-old that just got drafted or is trying to get drafted and didn't make it yet. Yeah, It's like you can afford to do that less when you're okay. still trying to make it, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's well, even what we're talking about. But then you can even say, once, yeah, when you have a contract, at least you, if you got a five-year contract, at least you're getting paid for five years. But the hardest part about getting in the NHL is staying there. Right. Getting there is really hard. Staying there is even tough. I know, but that's it, and that isn't even what we were talking about, yeah. though. Like our video was wasn't even about guys that are there already. Yeah. Like our video where we were talking about kids that are trying to be a pro hockey player. Yeah. That's what we were doing. It's like you're gonna have that habit already before you've even made it. You got yeah. no chance. You won't. Yeah. Well, and then you just look at things, man. It's just common sense. I, you know, several several of my buds that I played hockey with smoked darts like it was going out of style. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> I do, do I need to say yeah. that that's not a good thing yeah. to do? Can't breathe on the ice, man. Yeah, yeah. Nobody <laughs> got around. Yeah. Sure, and, yeah. and 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 I'm sure there's still a few guys that smoke darts. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. whatever you want to do. But if you want to be at your best, it's it's just come on, man. It's not your best choice. Yeah, <laughs> funny, you know. So I'm gonna wrap it on this one. This was just funny. I like this one. So this was on a video. The importance of your attitude. This guy comments. He goes. 
Because <laughs> for real though, what's up with that bandana? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like it. I like it. You always wear one. I know. I like the bandana. So. Don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> okay, we'll wrap it on that. Unless you got anything else. Nope. All good. Okay. See you all next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>